Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is Gina Valeria. You're listening to This is Civity Radio Show. We are talking with Vivek Patil, chair of outreach for the Arlington Democratic Committee in Virginia, who uses a relationship-based or civity-based approach to building community and bridging divides. What I do is is a lot of relationship building, and this is a five-year commitment for me and then for some of the new volunteers that we are recruiting for this. Okay, and I know you covered this a little bit in what you just said, but just on a on a sort of basic level, what does relationship building mean to you? And I, I ask this because clearly we want to work together with people in our communities, but you're also working for a party, and that comes with certain implications or certain perceptions. So sure. what does relationship building mean to you? So I'll, I'll give you a, an interesting sort of anecdote that I like to, like to tell people. So, I mean, in a very logistical sense, I'm an engineer, so I can talk about it. <laughs> it. It does involve reaching out, right? So I um, go to some of these community events, and at the event, we will go out and talk to people. So to give you a, a sort of an anecdote, uh, what happens is at some of these community events and festivals right now, uh, as a party, you know, a huge priority for us is to register new voters, to tell them about the election, to inform them. And so we'll typically have a table at the booth um, and in which we actually engage these voters that come to our table and sometimes. What I try to do with outreach is I like to show up two hours before and help set up the event. Um, and what I like to do is during that time with our volunteers, we like to actually go out into the community and speak to people. and. You know, it's outside of that sort of transactional conversation that we have, are you registered to vote or uh, can you, you know, uh, people ask questions about these elections. We ask them questions about themselves, their lives, their community, and just listen. And sometimes these conversations can be, you know, 20 minutes. Uh, sometimes they'll, we'll have a follow-up coffee conversation for an hour. So in re- what we are trying to do is really go out and get to know these communities and and speak to people about what they like about living here, why they care about politics and why it matters to them. Because a lot of people know about the election, but they are not aware about what implications these elections have for them on Mm -hmm. a local community level. Mm -hmm. And so just creating a relationship where we listen to their, their needs, their desires, their questions. And once that trust is developed, um, over time, you know, they see me coming to the same church <laughs> three or four times a year. They see me at the same event year over year or, or month over month at some of the civic association meetings. And they say, oh, it's nice that you're here. And, you know, then I get to listen to what their challenges are. And, and they tell me about their community and their story. And so I think it's, uh, it's really in uh, developing uh, trust through these conversation and these relationship. And so the emphasis is on relationship as opposed to a very short uh, transactional interaction. Mm-hmm. And it's true. I think a lot of people can relate to that transactional thing. Someone knocks on your door. Hey, who yep. are you going to vote for? And what? And that's a very common, that's a very common sort of get out the vote effort. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and so in, in your case, this, this whole trust and relationship building, I was thinking, you know, breeding familiarity and, and also making people feel that the places they go and the things they say 
matter. You know, going yep. to someone's church, it's like, oh, this is a space that really matters to me and it's important to me. And here you are making a commitment to it. I can imagine that that really makes them feel good about connecting with you. Absolutely. And, you know, there are so many people that just want, they just want to be heard. They have a voice. You know, they love their communities. I've had some community influencers say to me, you know, um, no one has ever asked me to speak about myself in 20, 25 years. Wow. You know, I've done community work my whole life. I've done some amazing things. You know, I mean, they don't say that, but I see the amazing things they've done. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're like, thank you for just listening to me. You know, thank you for making the time to be here. And it's just so receptive. I have literally had not a single person turn me down when I've asked to have coffee with them. Wow. And, the last, and, yeah. and this is people from all ends of the political spectrum. Yes. And so we are, you know, right now, of course, Arlington is a democratic heavy sort of um, uh, community, of course. Uh, But, you know, my vision is, uh, and I I don't know if this sort of goes beyond the context of your question, but uh, my vision is eventually is to go statewide, uh, to start here, to go to Northern Virginia, and then eventually statewide. And I I think we need to be embracing of everyone. Uh, Communities don't have I mean, there, there's, of course, political divides and people of different backgrounds and races and cultures. But I think civity and this sort of community building should be blind to that. It should be about the human element, the, the community, the people, their stories, you know. And everybody has a story. And so my view is, yes, right now we are, uh, you know, there's a more democratic-leaning focus because of my role. But my view and my hope is that in the future we expand this to be inclusive of everyone and have conversations with people of different uh, races, cultures, communities, backgrounds, political affiliations, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And, and, and the great thing about civity, and I want to talk a little bit about how you came to civity and how it's infused or informed your work, but, sure. but the idea of, you know, here you are, the person in front of me, I know you have a story to tell, and I know you have important things to contribute, so let's talk about that, let's connect on that. I don't really... I mean, it, it matters your political affiliation, but not in the way that you think. Like, I don't want to vilify you for it. I want to hear from you. I agree. And I feel like if you just, not to get too much of an, uh, on a tangent, but if you just look at this political race, right, we've become, uh, there's so much divisiveness and, and, and sort of divisive rhetoric. Uh, we are a remarkable mosaic of, of, I mean, in America, looking at the rest of the world, is still such a remarkable mosaic of people of different cultures and races and socioeconomic backgrounds and, you know, and, and uh, even political uh, differences. Uh, and in spite of all this real optimistic and positive nature and foundation to our country, this election has become so divisive. And it, it's become divisive because a lot of people, I think, tend to live in their bubble, right? So I am to blame also. I have most of my friends, you know, generally tend to be people who think like me, right? Mm-hmm. I listen to specific news channels uh, that, uh, you know, make me happy when I hear their commentary, right? So we, we surround ourselves with the familiar. And consequently, we don't really go out and reach out to what might be different. And I think fundamentally what I'd like outreach to be is about really going out and reaching out to what is different. And not just reaching out, but really trying to understand and put yourself in people's shoes and empathize with what's different. Because only then I think we can truly, as a nation, you know, heal some of these divides and these differences and sort of move together. And that's really what I would like outreach to be, is to look for what may be different. Be proud of what we have in common, and, but, but build on that through finding and, and, you know, and connecting with what might be different, in my view. Yeah, no, I hear you. And I think, I think uh, you know, 
oh, there's a lot of frustration in our country and we're seeing that you know frustration can either be channeled productively or unproductively or in many different ways and i think pe- we're seeing people who don't know what to do with their frustration yep. and don't see the outlet and and I think you know I think if we if we talk to each other and you used a lot of you know civity terms there you know bridging divides and empathy and and um, so I think that way of outreach has has been lost in a sense and 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 people it, people are reacting to the fact that they don't feel heard and that they don't feel represented and 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 it is incumbent upon us to to try to turn that tide. Absolutely. And, and at some level, I feel we, you know, we also want to go beyond just conversation because I think that is important to us uh, in outreaches. You know, people have stories, but as we keep an ear to the ground, and we have this remarkable group of volunteers, and when I talk about this framework of what we are trying to do, you'll get a better sense of that. But, you know, like, it is my dream to be able to go to every corner of Virginia, even the corner that, you know, we, the, the, the south or certain parts of the state which have really lost a lot of jobs, which, you know, counties have been decimated, and just go and talk to them and build these relationships. And you know what? Why not connect these communities with our, you know, our our economic engines of the north, of northern Virginia? You know, so it is through these relationships is my hope that we can bridge these divides and bring them into connectedness, you know, connect them with people that actually can you know, add value to their lives or, or just hear them out and empathize with their story. You know? Absolutely. And it's funny that when you, when uh, my experience, and I think yours as well, has been when we start doing that, we realize we're not as divided as we thought. No. And yeah. I want to get, I want to uh, go to that point in just a second, but let me take a quick break and sure. um, we'll be right back with Vivek Patil. Thanks, Gina. Yo, that's him right up there. Stop the car right here. Gang violence. Gunshots. On vine. Police. Jail. A family. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. A brother alone. Hey, little man, come here. What you got in your bag? A sister afraid. A father worried. Son, are you okay? A child without. <laughs> A mother. Counting the days till her boy is home. I just hope my baby's safe. These are the sounds of gang violence. From the day you're sentenced, your family starts facing the true hard time with you. Something to think about before you commit a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Welcome back to This is Civity Radio Show. I am Gina Valeria. I'm here today with Vivek Patil, Chair of Outreach for the Arlington County Democratic Committee in Virginia. And Vivek, just before the break, we were talking about reaching out to communities beyond Arlington in the whole of Virginia and eventually, hopefully, the whole of our of our nation. Um, and that when you reach out and with empathy and, and listening across a divide, you tend to find that the divide isn't really as great as you think. And in many cases, we all want the same thing. Absolutely. There's more in common. Um, we all want the same. We have the, a lot of us have the same dreams, our hopes, uh, what we want for our families. It, I agree. There's so much in common uh, that we have between us. And um, so I, I always think of this. So one of my mentors is um, uh, Dr. Palmer Strand, one of the um, uh, who's worked extensively on civity and, and sort of the framework that we are trying to use with the way we interact with community. 
And so, as you know, you know, my limited bandwidth, uh, I can only do so much. So we've recruited these these remarkable 15 to 20 volunteers, and we're trying to get them to sort of um, part, you know, work together on some of these conversations and these community building efforts that we've talked about. And um, one thing that uh, we do with our volunteers, uh, and and Palma actually helped shape this this conversation, is we all sit around and we we try to find a partner in this group of volunteers that is different from us. That difference be on age or, or race or, or, or culture or gender, doesn't matter. And we have a conversation with them. And I remember very distinctly, you know, I, one of the people I was talking to, Nathan, one of my volunteers is 23 and, you know, I'm, I'm 40 now. And we started, and uh, you know, the, the most, uh, di- the biggest difference is, was the age and our experiences. We, we have, we come from very different places. We have different backgrounds. and. And what we found during our conversation was that actually we had more in common. And the commonality was one very interesting aspect came to it where Nathan, who's very wise beyond his years, said, you know, I think I have found home. I think this is my community. And it has taken me 40 years to find that. So even though we came from very different places, both of us agree on something very profound in our lives, that this is the community that we want to call home and the place that we want to live. But, you know, one came at the age of 23, one came at the age of 40. The point is, Sometimes the biggest difference in us can be actually our biggest commonality, right? So it's, it's, it's something uh, really remarkable. And, and I agree with you. We, these differences are smaller than, than we make them out to be. And we can continue to divide each other by focusing on the difference or highlighting what is common, uh, you know, between us in reality. So Yeah, absolutely. And, and there are a lot of forces at play, unfortunately, um, and I, I am a former journalist, and so when I say the media, I there's a lot of people doing great work through media. But in general, it's easy when you don't have a lot of time. If I'm if I'm a journalist or a talk show host, and I don't have a lot of time to develop something. It's easy to do the he said, she said, this side, that side, simple, straightforward. It it's, it's it makes for you know a clean story, et cetera. But these dichotomies have sort of seeped into our community psyche. And when you really do, as, you, as you're talking about, sit down with members of a community, whether it's I'm here at San Francisco State University, whether it's my students, or whether it's people um, out in the city or in one of the other Bay Area uh, communities, you find that, you know, I don't deal with you across the table in such right. a black and white stark way. I, and yet, when I'm looking at my national politics, all of a sudden I'm falling into this trap of simplicity. And, and so, you know, I'm wondering, how do we, how do we help sort of, trans, I mean, for, there's a lot of work to be done on the ground, but how do we help translate that up through the chain to a more, um, a different type of psyche when it comes to thinking about things beyond our communities? Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's a, it's a tough question, and I wish yes, I could solve it. you have the answer, it. right? Yeah. However, I don't, may not have the answer, but, I, but I, I hope that what the work that we are doing sets the stage for, for what we do nationally. Um, I do hope that we really, as, you know, politics is about people, and uh, a lot of people in the community feel inaccessible to it. They don't see the value in political participation. They're turned off by all the... Uh, you know, the, 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 what's happening in the news media, the divisiveness, the rhetoric. And also, uh, it just seems very inaccessible to so many different people because they're like, I want to live my life. I want to be happy. I want to take care of my family, my friends, and just be here and, and live in this amazing family and community. And actually, it is remarkable that some of these community bonds, so, you know, what we may see on a national stage may be very different from what's actually happening in our, 
our communities and our churches, they work together in many cases to, to solve problems, to help each other. Uh, you see th the best of this happening in uh, national crises, right? You see a flood happen. You see what just happened in Louisiana. You know, the whole country responded. People went down. It didn't matter whether you were a Democratic or, or a Republican. You were working together to help each other. And, and so I think we see glimpses of this remarkable cohesion as a nation in the times of great distress. And I hope that eventually this becomes the norm mm -hmm. and not only in these trying times. So I hope that the work that we do, where we continue to build these relationships, uh, that people see the value in that. And so each of these volunteers that we are recruiting and, and helping and training then go to their own communities and carry on this work. So I think there is a huge uh, shift. And one of the points I'd like to mention, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I think, Gen X. I'm not a millennial anymore, sadly. Right. <laughs> uh, this new generation that's coming and the one ahead of us is a very, very tolerant, affectionate, well-traveled, connected generation. Uh, it's a generation of this sort of shared services like Uber and shared rides and, you know, the, the shared economy in a way. And I find I, I'm very hopeful that this generation will build these bridges, not by virtue of, of something like Civity or the work that we do. I think it's in their DNA. They've grown up with that through shared social media, through uh, a multicolor, you know, multiracial society, a, a very globally connected world. So the, the, the foundation is there. The raw materials in our country are there. Um, the, the, the climate in our nation, despite its divisiveness, is one of empathy and embrace. So I do believe that we will eventually get there. And I think it's just we hope that through the work that we do and through Civity that we can be a spark and be a catalyst for some of these conversations. Mm -hmm. do, do you find that other people within the Democratic Party are sharing your vision? Is this something, is, the, is this Civity-oriented approach something you brought to the table and had to sort of sell? Or did, was this something that the, the rest, the, the people around you were open to? So I do think that it's a, it's a fairly new approach, but I have to say that the party has been remarkably supportive. In fact, uh, everybody that I speak to loves the work that we are doing. Uh, you know, there is an emphasis on, on elections, of course, that is just by nature the mandate of a party is mm -hmm. to help elect candidates. Uh, but there is, I believe that there are parallel paths that are complementary. There is what I call the short game, which is, yes, you work on, you know, getting people elected. You, there are candidates and there are platforms that you need to do voter contact and inform your voter base. But in parallel, the relationships that we build are very and equally important. So I don't think that the party, uh, I think at least here in Arlington, the, the chair of my party and a lot of the people in the, in the party are the, one, the way we've recruited volunteers is they go out and they have some of these conversations and they'll say, hey, you know, I know Vivek, and he's doing this, this community stuff. Let me put you in touch with him. So, yeah, they are very supportive. I think they, a lot of them and most of them see the value in the work that we are doing. So, absolutely. I am very fortunate to be very embraced and loved by them to be able to do this. <laughs> very fortunate. That's so wonderful. Have you yeah. found in your own, well, either in your own interactions or in the interactions of someone that you helped bring uh, in, around in this civity sort of approach, uh, has there been a moment where you've been afraid, really afraid to reach out to someone or like, oh boy, this one, or oh, what, you know, has it, and, and, and tell me how that went. Um, I, at this point, uh, uh, I don't, not yet. I think here, uh, everyone that I have contacted has been extremely receptive, fortunately. I mean, I, I have not had that experience yet, but I, I do uh, sort of plan to. However, I have in the past had interactions where, um, oh, yes, actually, I do have an interesting anecdote. Is mm -hmm. I went to a festival 
um, an Argentine festival here, and I saw uh, folks in, um, you know, the Trump table and the Trump supporters, uh, you know, they were walking around as well, doing, talking to folks about it. And I got into a conversation with someone about, about, about you know, Republican politics and Republican policies. It wasn't as much about Trump necessarily, but just about the differences in our parties. Mm-hmm. And we had a very engaging conversation. I mean, you know, we have our differences. We, but I feel like a lot of us, if you just watch the media, you know, and uh, entertainment is great. You, you see people shouting at each other. Yesterday we heard about someone who punched somebody else at one of oh. the rallies, right? But in reality, our conversation was very civil. It was respectful. It was, you know, we disagreed on maybe certain, certain issues. But we ended up having a 25, 30-minute conversation. And we sat down and we were like, hey, let's go get a coffee and we'll sit down. And we actually we with lemonade because that's what we were drinking. And <laughs> we were having this conversation about it. And, you know, we came from different parts of that. But it was like, you know, the end, the agreement was we both cared deeply about our community, about our state, about Virginia, where we're going. Uh, we may have different views, but... You know, we, we, uh, I think there's more in common. You know, we both love, uh, you know, our, 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 the innovation that's happening, the opportunity that's being created in the state of Virginia. So there's a lot of commonalities as well that we find. I know that Virginia is a great place to live and work, and so people talk about that. You know, what a great place to live, and we, we love our community. We come from different parts of the aisle, but the, the point is that really sort of, sort of helped us sort of build that bridge. So, uh, but that's just a very small little anecdote. It's, but I expect to actually actively go out and find, and, and as I said, go to different parts of the state and, and actually go out and have conversations with them. And sometimes not even talk. I just want to listen. Why do you think the way you do? Why, why are you, why do you feel the way you do? Maybe I want to understand, you know? Um, so I think it'll be more of listening for me to learn uh, rather than me talking to them about because I think civity, a big part of that is also listening, right? Absolutely. I, I think the civity approach isn't necessarily like, let me sell civity to you. It really yeah. is exactly what you said. I want to listen to you because I really want to genuinely and sincerely understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Why do you yeah. believe what you do? And and that that's exactly civity. And, and, and it's amazing how such a tiny, small thing, like, I'm just going to listen to you. I just yeah. want to hear you. And it's so powerful. It makes people feel good. It makes them feel heard. And it makes them trust you more. And I mean, you found all of this in your work, I'm sure. Yeah, we, we actually have had an opportunity. And through listening, we hear about, you know, I always, uh, we talk about a couple of anecdotes. Um, I, I always tell my volunteers, I say, you know, whatever this becomes, it may not become something grand. It may become whatever it becomes. I want each of you to think about the privilege that we all have as Americans to live in this great country, but an even greater privilege for us to have these conversations with these amazing community leaders, with people in our community, people that you normally would never connect with. You know, we go to a Peruvian festival. We talk to someone who's who's Peruvian-American who came here um, uh, because of a lot of terrorism in their country and built their life and and became successful. Uh, You know, we may talk to someone who, uh, who lived here in Arlington, has lived here. I talked to this wonderful lady who's been a resident of Arlington for, she's, you know, 89, 90 uh, was part of the civil rights movement and, you know, just a lot of what was happening. And, and it's just such a privilege. There is no self-help book, no motivational speaker, <laughs> nobody that will prepare you for the kind of journey that you're about to take. So I tell these volunteers, whatever this becomes, this is your life's transformation. You know, this is your own journey. Uh, these conversations will, will endear you to your community to help you build relationships and in the end just make you a richer, more fulfilled person, you know. So just enjoy it, be part of it, and, and, and go out and, you know, go, go do good work, you know, yeah. talk to people. 
talk to people. Yeah. On that note, we're going to take another quick break. Uh, we are sure. talking with Vivek Patil, Chair of Outreach for the Arlington County Democratic Committee in Virginia. This is Gina Valeria, and you're listening to This is Civity Radio. We will be right back. If you don't clean up your room, the Board of Health is going to condemn it. The Board of Health doesn't even know about your room. What's more, they don't care. You know, if you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Not unless you're someplace really, really cold. Actually, a lot of the warnings moms hand out are exaggerated. If you don't get your blood pressure checked, you could have high blood pressure, not even know it, and you could die from a stroke. But she's right about that one. Call the American Heart Association or visit our website to learn more. Welcome back to this is Civity Radio Show. You're listening to Gina Valeria, and I am talking with Vivek Patil, Chair of Outreach for the Arlington County Democratic Committee in Virginia, and we are talking about a civity relationship-based approach to building community, which is a little bit different than the door-to-door vote-for-my-candidate approach that uh, people think of when they think of community outreach from a political party. So Vivek, I want to actually, you mentioned before the break uh, your the contrast between your in- engagements with people from a different political party versus some of the things we see on TV during this campaign, specifically people punching each other out, um, ugly rhetoric, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. And, and the fact is, you know, as much as this work, the civity work is um, effective and as much as we can build connections and, and um, bridge divides, that exists too. And, um, it, it, it seems that it's going to take an awful lot to sort of try to break into that and get in, get at that. And I'm curious, you know, as someone who's been thinking a lot about this election and the candidates and without necessarily um, disparaging one candidate or the other to talk about that, that piece of it and, and, and what we need, you know, where we're at as a nation and, and, and what we can do. Yeah. I, um, so I, I mean, I, you know, so I'm actually a, an immigrant. I, I came here about 20 years ago and uh, I've always found America to be a very, very welcoming place, um, just given me tremendous opportunity. I'm very grateful to this country for what it's given me. And I see this in a majority of people uh, around me. And I've lived now in, let me tell you, I started in Tennessee. I've lived in Ohio. And this is pertinent to your question, so I'm just going to get to oh, it sure. through this. Uh, so through Tennessee, through Ohio, lived in Boston, so Massachusetts. Uh, California, in San Francisco, actually, uh, quite quite a lovely place. Um, Indiana, Florida, and now Washington and sort of Virginia. And so having, you know, so my sort of faith in this nation and its people is 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 rooted in an experience that's born out of living and 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 and, and sort of interacting with people in seven, eight different states all across the nation. You know, you really and having seen these people. So, yes, I do see at some level this sort of anger uh, and divisiveness, but I think there's a very narrow focus on that. I think majority of people, uh, for every one of these negative people, I think there is there are nine that are more remarkable, you know, and that, that really actually care about our country. There's difference of opinion. And I feel that we have stopped talking to each other sometimes. I feel like we just yell mm-hmm. and shout. You watch the news media sometimes. I don't think we have conversations. I think conversations are meant to be provocative, right? Um, and I, it would be really interesting to see if both candidates made a moratorium on negative campaigning. I think it would be very interesting. It's also very insightful to see that this election, uh, while, you know, I mean, for example, Hillary has some very 
uh, remarkable policy platforms. And I know that the Trump campaign has been developing policy platforms as well. You don't hear about the policies in very great detail. Yes, occasionally people come out and talk about And it's not because they don't have them. That's because the coverage is about the personalities and someone insulting someone or someone calling out or insulting or degrading each other, you know, and I don't think that that is productive. So the fact that this has escalated to a national presidential election is very troubling and bothersome to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I think it's bothersome to a lot of people, because what ends up happening is that more people get put off by what's happening politically. And that just goes on to increase even further what I consider the divide between community and our political establishment and the political process, you know? Yeah, and people feel that absolutely, that there, this divide between community and political process means exactly what you said, that first of all, we don't feel represented by the people we elect because no. we had, and we don't feel um, listened to, and, and, and that's really discouraging. And, and so a lot of people just do want to tune out, and they don't want to engage, and they just want to, as you said earlier, live their lives, do their things, take their kids to sports practice and school and, and not worry about it, but that's no good either. No, and I, and I think that through this work that we're doing, it is my hope that when you embed, so I think of this as embedding yourself in a community, right? Whatever it is, it may be a community of 10 people, it could be countywide, it could be statewide, whatever it is, when you are there and part of that community and you can facilitate conversations between people, if you get to a point where, uh, you know, in the first phase, like I said, our goal is to build the relationship with uh, a community. But I think even more important is then going and leveraging these relationships then to connect communities, you know? So bring people together from different backgrounds and, and, and cultural experiences and economic levels and, and different circumstances together to sit on one table and just have a conversation. And if you are someone they both trust, there's a greater likelihood that they will come to the table to be part of this conversation, you know? So it is my hope that we can get away from this name-calling and this divisiveness, because this is a truly, truly remarkable country. And I would say a majority of my experience and watching people is one of optimism and hope. And, and, and looking at this new generation, I feel really optimistic that we are actually going to be even more uh, remarkable as a country moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, another theme that I just quickly wanted to highlight without taking sure. too much time is that America is changing, right? The nature of our country is changing. This is a becoming a more um, sort of a, um, a multicultural, multi, more multiracial, multi uh, people from different socioeconomic backgrounds and cultures. And so I think the fabric of our country is changing. And I think while there may be some people that may be opposed to it, which is, you know, the, the resentment sometimes you see blaming the other or feeling that, you know, that it's the others that are causing this sort of divide and failure and our country's moving in the wrong direction. I think a vast majority of the United States doesn't believe that. And I, I'd like to point out, you know, even uh, I'm, I was even, I'm a Democrat, even watching, for example, for all the negativity you're hearing out of Donald Trump and some of the conversation that's happening in this, it was so remarkable to see Mitt Romney come out and call out a member of his own party or, you know, a, in the, a presidential candidate and say, I'm sorry, sir, but you are condoning racism. You are going to, uh, uh, you know, encourage what is called trickle-down racism. So for every one of these negative people, you see four or five others standing up and saying enough, you know. And to me, that is what is reflected in the character of this nation, that we are not afraid to call out what might be wrong. Uh, I wish and I hope the media coverage covers a lot of those people instead of the negative people. It's always easy to cover hate and, and anger, right? Because right. 
those are the loudest voices. Right, exactly. They're the loudest voices, and it's the easiest to get. Um, and, and in addition, uh, just to talk about the media for a bit, I'm so glad you brought up um, the multiculturalism and the standing up, because beyond civity, or maybe as, as an outgrowth of civity, in, in addition to building relationships, or maybe because of the empathy we create, we then feel more obligated or we want more to stand up for what we believe in and when we see something wrong um, as a community. And it would be great to see that reflected in the larger media sense. Um, And so one thing I think, at least from the media side of things, is that there's a lack of understanding of the fact that there's journalism, there's magazine, there's talk show. You know, there's tabloid. There are different things, and it all gets lumped together. So if I'm watching a talk show on Fox or MSNBC, it's taken as news. Oh, I saw this on MSNBC there, so whatever. I saw this on Fox there, so whatever. And and people, I think we don't have, we as a, as a people forget that those things are different and, and, uh, and also when everything's lumped into one. And so I think there's also, there's also a challenge in sort of parsing out the messaging that we are getting. Um, and of course, a talk show is going to talk about the craziness, but the news should be talking about, you know, the straightforward yeah. things. Exactly. And I think people's opinions are drawn. Yes, you can watch as many news media, but, uh, you know, I don't want to, I like to give this really remarkable anecdote because it ties a lot of what we've talked about this far. It's the LGBT community and Mm -hmm. their sort of the, the, the rapid progress that they made in the last sort of 20 years and the acceptance of gay marriage and rights for the entire community. And a lot of that, if you had just, if we all, you know, just are just listening to the media and just listening to the opinion of, of one person, or, or you, you know, you're going to your your community and you just hear one part of the story, uh, you're less likely to change your mind. You're like, I'm opposed to this, you know. And and I can tell you personally, you know, I was also uh, opposed to gay marriage mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I was very conservative. I, I came, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I used to be very, very conservative living in Ohio when I was in school there. Um, I had very conservative views about things. And then when I moved to Boston and I, I made some friends who were from the LGBTQ community, I, I started to empathize and I understood. And I could not understand in this country where we talk about rights for all, right, where we talk about freedom and, and equality and it's in the Constitution. Why is it that we evoke the Constitution when it comes to uh, to issues of division as opposed to looking at divisions of, of inclusion, right? Or issues of inclusion, I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, why not have rights for uh, a gay American or a lesbian American? What is wrong? They are Americans. They should have all the rights we all deserve. Anyways, for my own education, that transformation for me came through conversation, through experience. And I think civity and, and the f- framework that it creates for conversation uh, a lot of the LGBT community's uh, efforts were driven or focused on conversation, on identifying someone in our friends and in our families that was gay and empathizing with their story. And I think we would like to sort of build that out in our, our work. Our hope is that over time we can now start to bring these different communities together and talk about each other and have a conversation about what's different, right? So I, I feel very optimistic that I think over time that we will bridge these divides through conversation and uh, use the playbook that the LGBT community used to, to create empathy for each other and to really understand what they struggle with and then and doing the same thing on a lot of other communities and issues in our nation, you know, with immigrants and uh, maybe even the Muslim community and, and the difference that we perceive right now uh, with this community. As, as a, and there are no differences. You know, they are very loyal Americans that here live here and prosper. And uh, because of the division, I, I'm sad 
uh, this this sort of divisiveness that's been created against this community. Yeah, it makes me sad too, but you're right. I, I, it's it's a beautiful thing that you came to, not that you changed your political affiliation, but that you mm-hmm. came to understand the rights and and the and and uh, right to be of other people through exposure, through conversation, through empathy, and and that's just a really powerful statement about the the power of civity and the power of listening. Yep, and and who am I to deprive another human being of their right to prosper and and you know and and to fulfill their ultimate potential? America is about that. That each individual. Whether of you know, irrespective of their race, their gender, whatever they are, whatever, however different they are, whether they're Republican or Democrat, is free to fulfill their ultimate human potential in our great country. And I think if we all accept that and and let people be and and, and be happy and be free to fulfill that potential, I think and, and encourage each other. I think we can go far and further than any nation on this planet. We already are out there, but but I think we can go even ahead as a country. Absolutely. So Vivek, it's been great to talk to you. We have just a few minutes left, and so I wanted to delve into looking forward. Um, We've talked about, uh, I've I've really enjoyed listening to your story about how you came to Civity and, and the importance of connecting with difference, difference, reaching across divides, et cetera. Um, and also sort of where we are as a nation, maybe at the community level and then at the larger national level. So moving forward, you know, how can we, how can you, how can I, how can people who are listening, how can we make sure that this relationship-based, connected, empathetic approach becomes the thing? Um, So I think, um, you know, we don't have to, you know, we are recruiting volunteers here to really build them out, train and to give them the skills. But it doesn't have to be anything. It can be a very organic and a very simple um, approach, and that is just just talk to people, uh, reach out, uh, find people who may be different from you, and the next time you find someone who say is politically different from you or is different in terms of your age or culture or race, reach out, get to know their story, and and say you know would you have 15 minutes to have a cup or you know just have a cup of coffee with me. Sit down and engage those and who are different from you. And I think only then will we as a nation move forward. I, I feel that that helps build these bridges between communities. Um, and, you know, uh, and then one other interesting thing that we are trying to do that I think would be valuable in other communities really quickly is, you know, we are thinking of organizing this one Arlington Day where next year we want to bring people from every corner of the county based on all the conversations that we've had to have panel discussions on issues that matter to the community of health, of education, of infrastructure. And I think in your own community, if you can do this, where the, 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 the panel discussion is not just a person of one political party or one opinion, but from different backgrounds and different life stories and different experiences, whether they're immigrant or they're born here, it doesn't matter. When you bring them all together, you get a, a multitude of different creative new ideas. And I think that helps us forge an identity and a, a policy that, that includes everyone in the community. So it can be as simple as going to someone and saying, hello, my name is Vivek. I want to know about you. Tell me about why you love living in Arlington or why you love living in this community and hearing their story. Uh, but in, the, in, a, in a more f- moving this forward in the future, one day perhaps bringing these people together to talk about in small little conversations about our community and the issues and challenges that we all face. Absolutely. And these conversations aren't always easy. Sometimes starting in that um, safe space, like, hey, what do you love about SF State, for example, or living in your community? Um, and of course, it can get harder. Of course, there are real issues here and we have disagreements, but we tend to want the same thing. I know in California with the election coming up, we have this crazy 
amount of uh, initiatives that we're going to need to figure out and decide on. And so that's an opportunity to bring people together to talk about the pros and cons of each initiative and to learn more about them or outside of politics just to engage with someone that you don't know or that you want to know or, or to address an issue like right here in your city or your community. Absolutely. And we are creating a sort of a little web, uh, you know, like a website and some information for people uh, if they want to reach out to us. It's not very easy to talk to the other or to talk to someone who's different. Mm -hmm. Um, For some of us, it's easy as we we seek seek that out. But for others, it may be more difficult. And so the framework that you've created and that, uh, uh, you know, that's been created through Civity uh, really is, in fact, the lifeblood of the way it's helped shape the way we have these conversations of how we talk to them, how we engage them. So, you know, I hope that we can be guides. People can reach out to me anytime. Uh, But uh, at some level, uh, I think we have within each of us this welcoming, this embrace of of, of each other. And and that's what I love about this country. And I think we just have to reach out and find it and, and have a conversation. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.